Our sermon today is from Luke 6, verses 24 through 26. If you please rise out of honor of God's word, if you are able. For those who are in... Baptism. Yeah. Um, for those who are inside, the it's on page 1097. I think it's in your guys' worship folder. Luke 6, verses 24 through 26. And I read in Jesus' name. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all people speak well of you. For so did their fathers to the false prophets. Let us pray. Father, as we come today to study your word, I ask that you would bless us. Lord, that you would work in us. Father, that you would grant us your wisdom and your grace. Lord, that you might be glorified. Father, I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So, we don't often talk about woes. You know, I don't like talking about woes. I'd rather talk about blessings. I'd rather talk about, you know, the, the benedictions and all the promises of God. But in some ways, woes are promises of God as well. And woes are a promise of God of destruction. There's destruction coming. In the Old Testament, whenever a prophet pronounced the woe, it was a demonstration of destruction. There was something bad coming upon this people. Woe unto this people. And so that was, that's the center of a woe. You read the book of Isaiah, you read the book of Jeremiah, you read the book of Ezekiel. You're running to woe after woe after woe. And it was the prophet's proclamation of evil to this sort of people. Whether it belonged to a tribe, and if it was a tribe, it was because of what they were doing, or whether it belonged to just the people that were doing these things. And so Jesus, now having gone through with blessings, blessed are you when you hunger, and blessed are you when you are poor, blessed are you when people speak poorly of you, um, revile your name. Now he turns it on its head and he says, woe, woe to you. And, and Matthew doesn't, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus didn't talk about the woes, he just gave the blessings. It's probably one of the reasons why the Sermon on the Mount is more popular. Because we don't like to think of the woes. But in the Sermon on the Plain, in Luke, he pronounces the woes. He says, there's, life isn't just all good. It's not all ro ro rosy. It's not just blessing for everybody all over at all times. Did I just get shut up? <laughs> no, I did? No. Oh, okay, Nathaniel's probably... Well, hopefully, I'm working on it. hopefully James and Nathaniel aren't fighting in there over the sound. <laughs> um, so Jesus starts out this, and Kevin said that I only have a little while until rain, and so he's threatening me with rain. Um, I don't normally have that as a threat, but woe to you who speak too long. Yeah, there you go. Woe to you who speak too long. Thanks, Jim. So, so on, on, on the, uh, the, the aspect of woe, you say destroy. What I'm hearing is stop. Yeah, if if you're in this category, stop being in this category. Stop thinking about yourself in this way. Stop acting in this way. Leave it. Get out of it. Repent. You know, this is the biblical command to repent because a bad thing is coming, and so that destruction's there. It's like. You know, you're you're driving down the road, you see a deer. What's the first thing you do? Well, you're supposed to hit the brakes. You're supposed to stop. <laughs> Poor Abby Colton. Um, but so you see the destruction coming. 
And if you don't stop, you don't turn, you don't get out of the way, this, this is what's going to happen to you. And so Jesus starts out here and he says, Woe to you who are rich. And so what does it mean to be rich? Really think of it. Is a steward rich? So if I was, if I was renting Kevin's bandsaw, would I be rich in lumber? Would I be rich in bandsaws? Well, no. I'm renting it. It's only mine for as long as I have it, and then it's actually Kevin's. But a steward's even more. A steward isn't even renting it for their own use. A steward is taking care of something for someone else's use. And so Jesus here says, Woe to you who are rich, because what do we have that we really own? What do we have that I can have full possession over? That when I die, I continue to keep that. Because really, if, if death can take it away from me, I don't own it. What do we own? So Jesus is saying, woe to you who are rich. Why? Because whether you're Bill Gates or whether you're a homeless person on the street, what do you own? Bill Gates doesn't own anything. Jeff Bezos doesn't own anything. They don't own these things. They're holding on to them for a period of time. Joe Faldet doesn't own anything. All that I have, whether it be my family, whether it be the clothes on my back, whether it be the vehicle I drive, I don't own any of these things. All of these things are God's, and he gives them to me as a steward. And so Jesus says, woe to you who are rich. Why? You've got this all backwards. If you think you're rich, you've got this all backwards. You don't understand what this stuff is. You don't understand how to use it. You are living in rebellion against God then. If you're using all of these things just to satisfy your own wants and your own desires and your own pleasures, we've got this stuff all backwards. Woe to you who are rich. Because it's not about having or not having earthly goods. It's about how you approach these things. And also then in our spiritual things, you know, woe to you who think you're rich when it comes to God because do I have any leverage against God? We don't have any leverage against God. I can't say, well, God... You know, I did all those good works because I was supposed to do those anyways. No, like we don't. I'm not rich. I'm not rich towards God. I can't say, hey, God, I'll, I'll buy that sin back. God, I'll, you know, if, if I buy those well, indulgences or something, or maybe, God, if, if I do this sin, would it be okay if I paid that off with those, that good deed tomorrow? No, it doesn't work that way. Because I don't have anything to pay off those debts. Woe to you who are rich. For you have received your consolation. All that stuff that you think you have, all that stuff that you're using in this world, all of that hope and all of that joy that you're trying to derive out of, you know, all that blood that you're trying to get out of that turnip, all that hope and joy and peace and comfort and all of those things that you're trying to get from the stuff of this world or from your supposed, you know, leverage against God, no, that's all you're going to get. Woe to you who are rich, because your riches are only here. That's terrible to think about. Your riches are only here. It doesn't get any better. You have received your consola consolation. Not consolation, those are the stars. You have received your consolation. It's done. You're not getting any better. How many of you would like it if this life is the best that you can have? You know, don't you hope for more? I hope for more. I hope for better. 
Not just in this world, but in glory. You know, that's the promise. Jesus says, you have received. It's like, you're done. You've misused everything I've given you. You think you're rich. There's no hope for you in glory. Wow. You know, that's, that's a woe. That's a woe. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. What happens when we're full? When we're full, okay. When we're full, should we keep eating? Because I've been at meals when I'm full, but I still want to keep eating. But when we're full, like really full, we stop. We stop seeking, we stop pursuing, we stop driving, we stop moving forward. You know, when we think about that at a material level, woe to you when you stop, you know, when you stop growing. Why? Because what happens? Then then you start declining. Woe to you when you stop pushing forward and trying to, to create more and, and seek out more. Why? Because then you start going downhill. But this is even more impactful than in the spiritual world. Because woe to you when you think your relationship with God is good enough. Woe to you you think you don't, you don't have any more to grow. You don't have any more place to go. You know, I know God is good now as I'm ever going to know God. Woe to you when you're in that spot. Because that's a terrible spot. Now you've got no reason to read your Bible. Now you've got no reason to be in fellowship. Now you think you're good enough. I'm satisfied. I'm good enough. Woe to you if you think you're good enough. You think you're full. First off, that means that you're not seeking God. Because the things in this world, they don't satisfy us, but we can get enough of them. We can get tired of them. We can get irritated with them. You know, I don't, I don't want that anymore. You know, have you ever been eating like a really good dessert, but gotten to the point, it's like, boy, that's just too much sweet. That's just too much rich. Well, some of you might not have, but... <laughs> gotten, I've, I've gotten there, it's like, man, this is really good, but I just can't do it. I need a good cup of coffee or something to kind of balance that out. Then I can have more. But you know, when we're thinking, seeking the things in this world, you kind of get tired of them. That was fun, but it's not fun any longer. That was satisfying, but it doesn't do it for me anymore. You know, if you're seeking the things in this world, you become full. Jesus is saying, hey, you've missed it because you're not seeking God. And if you're seeking God, there's no fullness. Because it, the more... And I'll just give testimony on this. The more that I've gotten to know God, the greater He becomes. And the greater, the more that I see that I don't know, and the more that I want to know more because I don't understand this God. When I thought, I, when I was a kid, I thought, hey, I know God pretty well. Now, as you know, I'm, I still consider myself a kid. Um, I heard someone talking about imposter syndrome, and it's like, huh, well, I'm 38. Technically, I've, I'm supposed to have been an adult now for 20 years. I still feel like an imposter. Does that ever go away? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe I just make it better. But the more that I've gotten to know God, the more it's like, wow, there is so much more here. There is so much more to God that I'm not even touching, I'm not even interacting with, I'm not even understanding. It's not even, not even there. And God says, woe to you when you say, you know what? I'm good. You know, I don't, I don't need to go to church anymore. I've been doing that all my life. You know, I don't need to pray anymore. I've done enough of that. It's like, what happens? What's wrong there? What's wrong when you're full in this world, full of God? That means you've been seeking God all wrong. Woe to you. There's destruction there. There's destruction. If your pursuit of God doesn't continue to make you hunger and thirst for more God, 
there's something wrong. You need to repent. You need to ask God to show you himself. Lord, I need to see you rightly because right now I'm seeing you wrongly. And you know what? God answers those prayers. God does. Because God wants you to know him. For you shall be hungry. Because when this life is over, you're not going to have any of God. And then you're going to want him. Then you're going to want him. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Now, this isn't talking about Kathy. <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> you know, woe to you who laugh now. Woe to you when the things of this world, when you look to the things of this world to give you joy. Because are there things to laugh about in this world? Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's huge amounts of irony in this world. I rejoice in those things. You know, there's sorrow in this world too, right? There are awful things going on right now. Right now in America, all across the world. And woe to you when you're not looking at those things too. You're not balancing out the good that we have here. You know, just God providing. <laughs> we had God provide every week last summer, and this week he provided as well. This week he kind of brought us a little closer to it. <laughs> You know, that's all right. For those of you who are online, it, it stopped raining about five minutes before we started our worship service. I don't think we killed the electronics, thankfully. And we'll see. But, you know, woe to you who laugh now. Woe to you when this, this life is your joy. When this life is your hope. When this life is, when this life is the thing that you're looking to as an end. Woe to you. Because that means you're not looking to glory. You're not looking to God. You're not seeing the world through God's eyes. You know, love does not delight in evil. It does not delight in wrongdoing. Woe to you when you do those things. Because this world, this world is sinful. This world is polluted. This world is, is twisted. Woe to us when we're looking at this world for our hope and our end and our goals. For you shall mourn and weep. Because when, when hell comes, there is no joy there. There is no joy in hell. Woe to you when all people speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. When all people speak well of you. Now, does that mean that you shouldn't have anybody like you? I hope not. <laughs> but all people speak well of you. Woe to you when you are such a poor Christian that your light doesn't shine into any dark spot. Because you know, how many of you have ever turned over a log and saw critters run away? Or a rock. Maybe none of you have pulled, picked rocks. You know, you're picking rocks out of a field and critters are running away. Why? They don't like the light. They're creatures of darkness. So what happens when my light, when my life with Jesus, when it shines so dimly that it doesn't shine light into any dark spot? Because those people aren't going to like me. When there's light shining into darkness, there's going to be people, be people who don't like it. They are not going to appreciate it. Solomon actually goes so far to say is that a loud greeting early in the morning will be considered a curse. You know, <laughs> that's not just for those night owls. You know, that's teaching us about this. <laughs> because when they're not ready for it, they're not going to like it. When they're not prepared, they're not going to rejoice. So if they're in darkness and your light's shining into them, they're going to hate you. 
Because they're going to point the finger at you and say, how dare you shine your light at my darkness? How dare you expose my sin? How dare you call me to repent? How dare you not live like me? And not pat me on the head and say, what you're doing is good. How dare you? If our light is so dim that the world doesn't say, how dare you? How dare you not accept my abomination? How dare you? If our light's so dim that it doesn't do that, Jesus says, woe to you. Woe to you, because that's, you're in the realm of false prophets now. Because everybody loved the false prophets except the true prophets. Everybody loved the false prophets because they always told them good things. You know, you know, God loves you. You know, you got the temple here. You know, God would never destroy you. God would never bring bad things upon you. God would never, you know, a good God would never send people to hell. That sort of stuff. That's been around since the beginning. Yeah, God doesn't really care. You can go and do whatever you want. Woe to you when you speak like that. Woe to you when all people speak well of you. For that. So did their fathers to the false prophets. You're not walking with God. Woe to you that you do not seek God. Because that's what all of these come down to. Woe to you when He is not your goal, when He is not your end, when the things in this world are your end. Woe to you when you're misusing the things of this world for your own sake and your own satisfaction just to fill you up, not as a steward, but because you think you're rich. Woe to you. You know, as I read those things, that's a gut check. How am I approaching this world? Is this world my hope? Is this world my joy? Is, is it this world or is it the one to come? Am I rich in this world? How am I using the money that I have or the time that I have or the, the talents and the skills that I have? Is it just to support me or is it for the kingdom of God? Am I acting as a steward? Now these things are given to us, Paul says. And so not to tell you, you need to be an ascetic and you need to give away all of your money. Paul says these things have been given to us for our enjoyment. But in my enjoyment, am I doing them for the sake of God or am I doing them for the sake of Job? Is this for the glory of God or is this in sinful desire? For all things, all things are sanctified through the word of God and prayer. That's what Paul tells us. Well, how do I know? Study your word. You've got your Bible. You know, ask God to show you. He will. Pray. Pray and ask God to show you. And He will. Lord, am I doing this right? Am I thinking about this right? Am I approaching this right? How ought I to use that money? How ought I to use this time? What, what would you have of me? God's not going to say, hey, work yourself to death for my sake. Why do you think he gave us the Sabbath? No, that was for our benefit. So why does God give us all these things? Give them to be stewards of them. Not to fill ourselves, not to find our hope here, not to use them in order to get people to like us. No, all these things were given as stewards of God. We're not rich. We're not great. But we know the one who is. <coughs> Woe to you when you don't know the one who is. So if you find these things in your life, repent. Ask God to forgive you. He will. Walk her right. Because like Kevin said, destruction's coming. By the grace of God, the rain hasn't come. So I satisfied my command. <laughs> Any questions? 
This isn't to make us legalists. This is to balance these things out. Now to see that other side. Things in this world aren't our end. Live for glory. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the promise of glory. We thank you that this world is not our home. We thank you that you are good and that you are an awesome God. Lord, that you are powerful and that you are wise. And that all of this in this world, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness of it, the world and all those who dwell in it. Lord, we thank you. It's all yours. We thank you for all that you have made us stewards of. May we be good stewards. For all that you've given us for our enjoyment, may we use it to the glory of your name. And may our light shine into this world. Father, to the glory of your name, even if people don't like it. Lord, I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.